Good morning, everybody. So glad you're with us. Happy New Year. I'm Pastor Josh. I'm the pastor here on behalf of my wife, Jessica, and the rest of our team. Just want to say we're so glad that you're with us today. If you're watching online, I want to say welcome. I uh, hope that the heat went out in your house and you're freezing cold because we endured and we made it here and you didn't. No, I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. I'm teasing for real. No, come back. Seriously, I see you signing off. No, I'm just kidding. But so glad to have you with us. I want to encourage you, you can use the chat section, leave a comment, interaction, and help me preach the sermon today. Help cheer on those families that are going to be baptized today. But we're so glad you're with us, however you may be watching. Hey, every single year since the beginning of our church, we have committed January to what we call our Seek series. It's a series where uh, we sacrificially make arrangements in our life to make sure we're pursuing and seeking God at a level we never have before. And so we also launch a 21 days of prayer and fasting where we say, hey, uh, it's critical at this time in a new year that we put God first. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like. And to many of you, that might be a new concept to you. Maybe you've never fasted before. Maybe you've never separated a certain amount of time with a specific focus. Uh, but I'm going to walk you through what some of that looks like. And just to kind of give you an idea of, of how it works and how important it is, uh, I like to buy and sell and flip dirt bikes. You buy them low and you fix them up a little bit and you hopefully sell them for higher. And one of the things that I do right away when I get a dirt bike to, to resell is as soon as I get it home, I drain the fuel. I'll get right into the fuel tank and I'll try to take out the old fuel. Uh, you guys want me to switch a mic or? Okay. Okay, cool. I, I'm robotic today in the new year. It's uh, it's virtual. I'm not even real. Just kidding. Uh, but anyway, what I do is I, uh, I will drain uh, the fuel. I'll take the fuel out of it. And it's not because it's not gas. It is gas. It's the proper thing that should be in there. But over time, it's just got stuff in it and it's gotten old. And maybe some of these bikes have sat around in the, a shed or a garage or a barn somewhere. And it, it causes them to underperform. It causes them to not live up to their full quality. And uh, what I'll do is I'll drain that. Then I'll put some good fresh fuel in there. And it's amazing how quickly those bikes run so much better because they have a fresh infilling. And that's what fasting does for us. We said, man, that last year, we made it through the year, we're in a new year, but it's time to just drain some things that might be causing us to underperform and causing us to not live the way that God's called us to and put some freshness of God in our lives. Can I get an amen today? And so that's what we do with prayer and fasting, and, and I hope that you do that. You know, this year, you're going to try a lot of things. You're probably going to try new food. You're going to probably watch some new movies, some new shows, uh, probably get a, a new fitness program, maybe a new diet. You're going to try a whole bunch of new things. But my encouragement to you would be, if you've never tried fasting before, which I'm going to explain to you here in just a little bit, this spiritual practice that not only does God talk about it, but Jesus demonstrated it for us. It's a practice. It's a spiritual practice of the believer. And uh, you've maybe never tried it before. And I'm encouraging you, that would be a good thing for you to try this year. Can I get an amen? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 in the New Living Translation, uh, it says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. What I love about this translation is it says it'll get, he'll give you everything that you need. It doesn't say he'll give you everything you want. A lot of times what we need and what we want are different, aren't they? And I'm so grateful that we have a Savior who leads us and a God who knows us better than we know ourselves. And when we seek Him and we pursue Him above all else, He makes sure we get what we need. Amen. And that's what this series does for us is it says, okay, God, we're, we're seeking you. We're putting you first in the new year, a blank slate. We're going to make sure above all else you come first. Can I get amen? And it allows Him to provide what we need. Uh, I wrote it down like this. Seek is to pursue not to accommodate or tolerate. Many times we say, oh yeah, man, I got all these things going on this week, but I should probably ride, read the word. I should probably 
pray and fast this year. I should probably, and we have this toleration that we give toward God. God is saying, no, the way that you break through, the way that you get the things that you need in life, the way that you accomplish your purposes and your destinies is not if we tolerate the things of God, not if we just kind of accommodate them a little bit on the side. No, it's if we pursue all that God has for us. Amen. And so again, prayer and fasting says, all right, how can we restructure? How can we rearrange to make sure we're people who seek the kingdom first? Why does it matter that we seek the kingdom first? Well, the scripture teaches this, this thing that we call the law of the first things. I want you to catch this. This law of the first things is so important. Now, you might not believe in gravity. Ah, gravity, I don't believe in gravity. Well, guess what? Gravity's still real. And you may, you may say, ah, law of the first things, I don't know. No, no, there is power in the promise of the law of the first things. So I don't care what age you are in this room today. If you can capture the power of the law of the first things, you'll see some blessing in your life. Here's what the law of the first things is. Anytime something is mentioned for the first time or happens for the first time, it has significance to God. All throughout scripture, when you read the word, you're going to hear God mention it was a firstborn son or a firstborn child or the first of the animals or the first of all the things. Why? Because the first has power behind it. We see that sexually, God says, hey, make sure your first is devoted, is committed, is kept holy for me. Why? Because there's power if we take care of the first thing, we devote it to God. Are you with me? That's why, young people, you, you need to be making a good decision when it comes to your first time sexually. Why? Because there's blessing on the other side of it when you commit your first time to doing it God's way. Are you with me? And so you need to keep that. There's power and there's promise in that. So God calls the first thing the devoted thing. Meaning the first thing is the thing that belongs to God. So if we're seeking first the kingdom and it's the first month of a new year, this time we make sure it's devoted to God. So that's what we do with 21 days of prayer and fasting. There's a lot of things you're going to start this year. Maybe you got a promotion. Maybe you have a new workout program you're going to do. Maybe you have all of these new things. Maybe for you it's new classes. There's all these new things that you're starting that you're going to be devoted to. You've got to make sure the first thing you seek is God because there's blessing that comes in the first. We see the scripture talks about the first fruits of our increase. So as we have an increase in our life, God says it's important what you do with that. We see that the 10th, the first of our income, 10%, the first of our income, we do what? We give to God. Why? Because God sees that as being devoted unto him. When you give 10% of your income, God sees that as devoted. Uh, I wrote it down like this. When we give the first, it represents devotion and then it's like you've given all. God sees that as a totality. When you say, God, this is devoted to you, it's like you've given all. He says, okay, I see you've put me first. It's like you've given all. That's why church is on Sunday. That's why it's the first of the week. It's like God saying, hey, look, I know you're going to have soccer practice, and I know you're going to have board meetings. I know you're going to have all of these things that come up in your week. But if you can make sure I'm first in your life on Sunday, you start your week with me first, whether you're tuning in online or whether you're coming in person, whatever it is, as long as you're making God a priority, then I see your week as devoted. Can I get an amen? We all know the effects of it, right? I mean, there's times where we skip church and we don't prioritize God and we do all these things. And then all of a sudden you look at your week later and you're like, man, that week was a mess. I wonder why, right? It's because we didn't seek first and, and we, we did it on our own. What we do with the first determines what happens to the rest. This is the law of the first things. Romans chapter 11, verse 16 says this, For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. I want you to hear it like this. 
whatever you plant, if you plant it first for God, God, I'm making this decision and I'm making it about you first. The scripture teaches us that everything that grows from that is fruitful in God. That's why our first can't fall into entertainment. That's why our first can't fall into our careers. That's why our first can't fall into our social status and our friendships and all our relationships. All those things are good. But God's saying, hey, you got to get the root right so that my blessing can grow out of all of it. Are you with me? And I just hope that we're not making the mistake of we're growing a bunch of withered branches, a bunch of dead uh, growth. We got all of this negativity and unhealthy in our life because the seeds we're planting with our first are in the wrong place. I uh, am a Christian, and and so I made a really good decision, and I went and saw the new Spider-Man movie in the last couple weeks. My, my buddy, my nephew, Tyler, he's here today. He came with me and my son, Charlie. And there's a line in the movie. I'm actually going to preach it to you next week uh, that just has stuck with me. I just can't shake this line. Uh, I actually wrote a couple sermons just based off of this line in the movie. But there's this line in the movie without a spoiler, uh, you know, spoiler alert. I'm not going to spoil anything. But there's this line in the movie where the Green Goblin's in a battle with Peter Parker, and he turns to Peter, and he's laughing, because Green Goblin's amazing, right? He's just the best. And he's laughing, ah, ha, ha, Peter Parker. And he says, you're strong enough to have it all, but you're too weak to take it. And I was like, I hope that's not said about the body of Christ. Literally, Jesus says, hey, I've given you all authority to raise the dead, heal the sick, do all these things. You're, you have the ability to change the world, but we're too weak to prioritize our lives in a way that we can take back what the enemy has stolen. I hope that we're not just surrendering all these areas. I hope that we're making sure what we're putting in the ground first is something that's going to allow us to make a difference in the kingdom. Well, no, I really, this year I got to work the career. This week I got to, no, this week I got to make sure, you know. No, no, no. We have to plant the things that are going to grow the right things. Let it not be said about us that we could have had it all, but we wasted it. Are you with me? So that's where fasting helps us make sure we say, hey, we're going to make our life count. We're going to make sure these decisions stick. I believe if we don't plant in the right places, we won't prosper in the right places. Fasting, the scripture teaches us about fasting. Fasting begins with a a deeper desire for intimacy with God. Fasting says, God, I want more of you. You know that the word says that when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. I believe every person in this room would have the desire to say, oh, I wish that I could draw nearer to God. In 2022, are you with me? Fasting begins with a deeper desire for the intimacy of the Lord. I believe it's a process to opening doors, miracles, and God's favor over your life. I believe it's one of the practices that God gave us that if we do this, his promises will be opened and unlocked in our lives. I've seen the testimonies of church buildings that have come to churches or people have been healed or their finances have had miracle turnarounds because they went into seasons of prayer and fasting. I believe that fasting is not just skipping food. I believe that fasting is refraining from food for spiritual purpose. It's spiritual. it's not, as much as it is a test, it's not a test. It's an act of worship unto God. Are you with me? Uh, We see all throughout scripture, 
It's a spiritual practice that is active in the believer. We see it all throughout scripture. There's one scripture that we see in Matthew where there's a demon-possessed boy. And just before we pick up this story, which I'm going to read to you in a minute, just before we pick up this story, Jesus had told the disciples, hey, I've given you authority to cast out demons and heal the sick and do all this miraculous things. Well, they were struggling to deliver this young boy. They couldn't get this demon cast out of him. And so Jesus shows up on the scene in Matthew 17 and he says, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. And then he adds, however, this kind does not go out, but by prayer and fasting. I believe that there's things that there's these mountains, there's these obstacles that we face that God may be calling us into seasons of prayer and fasting. And that that becomes the thing that brings the breakthrough. Just like in this season, you say, well, my fasting, that's not really for me. That's for all those super spiritual weirdos. No, it's a Christian practice we see all throughout Scripture. Jesus knew that supernatural things come through prayer and fasting. That's why he fasted 40 days. Moses was on a fast for 40 days when he received the Ten Commandments. Esther found her deliverance with the king after going on a prayer and fasting experience. Hannah, who was unable to have children, uh, saw a miracle in her life after the account of prayer and fasting. There's all types of fasting all throughout Scripture. We see Jesus fasted, Joshua fasted 40 days, Moses 40 days, Daniel 21 days, Paul 21 days and 3 days, Peter for three days fasted. There's all sorts of incredible breakthrough and deliverance and signs and wonders and power that come out of prayer and fasting in scripture. So let me give you a couple practical things that I want to encourage you in before we jump into baptism is I want you to go to God and decide. I don't want you to hear my words and say, well, I guess the church is fasting. We should fast. No, I want the Lord to lead you in this idea for 21 days. If there's anything that he would call you to pray and fast about, I wrote it down like this. Here's what's important when it comes to fasting is it has to matter to you. It's not because of me. It's not because of maybe even your spouse. It has to matter to you. I wrote it down like this. If it doesn't mean anything to you, then it doesn't mean anything to God. What's something that you can do for the Lord that's going to cost you, that's going to be a sacrifice? Uh, many of us could be like, well, you know, I think in this season of prayer and fasting, uh, I'm going to give up Brussels sprouts and asparagus. I'm going to really lay that on the altar. Some of you weirdos like that stuff. You don't need to go on a fast. You need deliverance. True story. One time my wife made Brussels sprouts to a dinner party we were going to. She puts those things in the car. I'm driving like, what in the world? And I got a truck. I, was, I literally pulled the truck over. I was like, put those in the tailgate. These aren't riding in the truck with us anymore. You guys know what they smell like. It's like I was... But it's not a sacrifice if I were to say, you know what, Lord, for you, I'm laying on the altar, some asparagus and Brussels sprouts. No, it's, he's, he's got to get you where it costs you. You know what I'm talking about? Your fried food. It's time we need to take those El Rancho gift cards and lay them on the altar. <laughs> Amen. But if it costs you nothing, it accomplishes nothing. I love that line when it comes to fasting. If it costs you nothing, it accomplishes nothing. You need to go to the Lord and say, hey, what are the things that I should sacrifice? There's all sorts of things. I'm going to give you some resources here in a minute about how to maybe walk through it and make some decisions. But we want to make sure it counts. And here's why. Because when you're on a fast, whatever the amount of days you decide, and during these 21 days, you could do seven days, seven days, and seven days. You could change it up, whatever works best for you. 
But when you're on this fast, think about this. The Lord sees your fast as a constant state of worship. So we can come in and worship. That's one thing. You can come in and pray. That's another thing. But the entire time you're devoted in a fast, you're in a constant place of worship, which again is fulfilling that promise of as you're drawing near to him, he's drawing near to you. What a, what a powerful practice. Amen. And so I want to read this last one to you. It's uh, found in 2 Corinthians 7.1 in the New Living Translation. It says this, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from anything or everything that can defile our, whole, our body in spirit and let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. We got to be a people who said, hey, I got to be in a season because we got all these promises of how God wants to use us and move on our behalf and work among us. We got all these promises. Let's make sure we're cleansing ourselves and let's make sure we're separating all the things in the world that might be distracting us so that we can have all of God. Amen. Amen. Uh, and then I'll say it to you like this. If you say, oh, what should I fast? Uh, everybody's freaking out. I'm going to move that iPad. They're not going to step on it. You know, tech guys back there are like, <gasps> here's what I would say to you. Here's how you decide what you should fast. You go to the Lord. You, say, you first say, hey, God, is it, what are some of the things that I should fast? And then what's going to happen, this is the best part, what's going to happen is something's going to come onto your heart. So you're going to think, oh, what about that? And then your flesh is going to say, no, not that. Definitely not that. And I would encourage you, it's probably that, that you should be fasting. So for some of you, it's social media. You're just so addicted to your device, that little phone. You're just always constantly, it's robbing you. Some of you, it's, it's food things. For some of you, it's, it's just some things. And, and I would encourage everybody to take a look at, at food. You say, I'm not a foodie. Uh, there's some people in the room that are foodies. I'm not one of them. Uh, and so considering myself not being a foodie, food still just really gets you. You would be so surprised how all the little treats and all the little things in your life, cheese, come on somebody, can be such an idol in your life. So I'd encourage you to go on a food fast. The scripture talks a lot about food and, and figure out what that looks like. But maybe it's social media. For some of you, most of you, it's coffee. You need to lay that coffee down on the altar. Soda. Some of you soda-aholics, time to lay that on the altar. Some of you, your kids, you just love them too much. You need to put them away for 21 days. We gave you permission. Yeah, just put them away. Tell them, guys, put some food out for them. See you in 21 days. Some of you are thinking about your spouse, and that's wrong. You shouldn't. That was wrong that you thought that. But, hey, a couple things we have for you is uh, the first one is this. I would love for you to go back to our uh, information area. We've created this prayer and fasting guide. You say, oh, Pastor Josh, I have no idea how to pray and fast. I have no idea what it looks like. How do you start? How do you stop? What do you do in the middle? This gives you like a cheat sheet about how to do it. We believe it's a, a Christian practice. We believe it's something that there's power in it for you. So go pick this up. It's totally free to you. Just down the hallway past the coffee bar. And uh, we'd love for you to have it. And it'll kind of walk you how to do it. And so we'd love for you to have that. And then another thing that I, I found last year uh, is this book uh, called Pursuit by Pastor Dave Patterson. Uh, this is a devotional for basically every single day of 21 days. You open it up, gives you a little spot to journal, uh, gives you information, scripture, a little teaching, uh, just a great thing to sit down with as you're on your fast. Uh, we do have some here for sale uh, down at the information booth. They, they sold really fast in the first service, but they are on Amazon. And uh, I think on Amazon, they're like $11.99. They're 10 bucks here. Um, and so if you can get it here, great. If it sells out, definitely pick it up on Amazon. Um, it's something you could use every single year if you'd like to, uh, but a great resource to go along with your 21 days. Just again, helping us seek him first. 
And then he adds unto us. It's, it's, this is the thing that kind of makes sure we're prioritizing him every single day. So that's one thing. Another thing we just launched yesterday is uh, our, our reading through the Bible plan. We launched our new version of that. I've kind of been laughing as a pastor because people have been saying, oh, uh, oh, so we're going to do that again this year? And I'm like, you mean read through the Bible? Yeah, we're going to read the Bible again next year. Like, yeah, we're doing <laughs> So we've changed it up. It is a new version. It's a different version of it. There is some reading for every single day. Um, but what's cool about this is we've partnered with the Bible Project. And after you're done with your reading, there's some videos that you can go on and watch. And they tell you more about what you just read. So more in depth, a little bit more, and it's a resource that you can just watch and listen to. And so I encourage you to check that out. If you didn't get that email, uh, you can go find the links to that on our social media and, of course, on our website as well. Uh, but encourage you to, to do the reading plan with us and follow along. How many know we are living in a world that's starving for truth? Yeah. Every single day, something is changing its mind or telling us this is not true or this is, means this. And, and we have got to be a people devoted to absolute truth, which is God's word. I mean, the word scripture tells us that his word never changes. It never passes away. It's the thing that will stand the, the test of time. Amen. And so read through the Bible is a really important one. And then you heard us mention uh, in the announcements, we got a night of worship coming up and uh, would love for you to join us as we break our fast. We're going to just be worshiping together uh, on the final day of our fast. And so coming together and worshiping and again, just seeking God. So that's going to be a great thing. Would help us a ton if you can register for that, because I'm pretty sure we will actually have to have a limit in that just for room size. And so you're going to want to register as soon as you can for that because we'll, we'll fill the room because it's only one service, uh, just a total night of worship. So make sure you get here. And uh, if I catch any of you scalping your registrations, I'm fine with that. You just got to cut me in on it. Okay, so we're going to do this. We'd love to have you at night of worship. So let me pray for you, and then we're going to move into baptism. Uh, but I believe that this can be a um, monumental course-setting 21 days for you, and, uh, and I hope that for you. So let's pray. God, we love you so much. Lord, we ask that you speak to us. you lead us. God, as we separate ourselves from all the things that are pulling at us and distracting us and hindering us, God, we, we want to be a people who put you first. Lord, we thank you that in this season, we will experience you like we never have before. God, our desire, even in this quiet moment of prayer, is that in these 21 days, we might encounter you like we never have before. Those who wrestle with questions. God, we ask that you give them the answers. God, those who, who need a fresh outpouring, God, we pray that you give it to them. Lord, we pray that even the dry bones, Lord, that they come to life. Lord, we thank you. You're going to give us everything we need as we put you first. In Jesus' name, amen.